Welcome back to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And uh, we're doing a little bit uh, different of an intro this time around. Instead of just having our guest... We got a build-up teaser, if you will. Yes. Our guest uh, this time around was voted uh, most attractive uh, man in Southwest Iowa by the Nathalie Don Perel in 2008. Also, most likely to succeed in kindergarten Christmas pageant. That huh. can't be true. Mine mine could be true. The kindergarten the, the, Christmas the, pageant. Most likely to succeed. Yeah. That's, no. a, that's a ballot stuffing sort of a thing that happened there. Yeah, his mom was probably working there. <laughs> but he's like a fine wine, only getting better with age. Vintage 1979, I believe. But uh, grew up here local in these parts. Iowa uh, State alum. Pie Cap alum. Riverside alum. Business owner. Father. Husband. Brother. The Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's a trinity. So, so I played into that? Yes, got it all. Got it all. We'd so, like to welcome Cody Forstall. Hey, Cody, how are you? Welcome Hello, to the show. So we've also got a first-timer here. Believe it or not, this guest is the first one that's never heard one of our shows. Well, him and our first guest. Yeah, him and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> him and the bridge builder. <laughs> so, but I think Jake knew what he was getting into. So, but anyway, hey, welcome to the studio. Uh, yeah. Glad to have you here at Skinny Calf Studios. Yeah, happy to be here. Cody, you, if we can let the cat right out of the bag, are Brad's big brother. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, looking at you. No, I'll go with allegedly. <laughs> uh, so, so I got a rough idea how some of your childhood went. We typically start out at the younger years, your early memories growing up with the family. Um, but I know most of that story. I mean, it's, uh, it's I one don't. thing. Don't to, get greedy. It's one thing to live in your younger brother's shadow for most of your life. <laughs> so, I mean, starting off when you ran off on your own in your 18 to 19 range, and you're able to get out from under your brother's wing. What was your life like then? Well, oh, hold on. We, we will go back to the childhood. <laughs> so how, how do you remember childhood growing up on the farm back on 425 when we were young pups? Well, we didn't know any better. And I think about it recently back to the White House where we first started. Security is pretty loose at the White House. Security was pretty loose. We didn't have heat in all the rooms, one of them being your bedroom yeah. in the winter. That got a little brisk, so I'd have a roommate in the winter months. But it was one of those things you didn't even realize that at the time, I just, I loved growing up on the farm. I loved how we grew up. Our folks were good to us, and uh, we always had plenty to do out there. If we were playing uh, too close to the house, Dad would be like, hey, get your ass down to the pond. Yeah. Yeah, a lot safer down there without any supervision. <laughs> right. and don't mind that. swim yet? No. I've out. never yeah. swam in there, have you? <laughs> uh, there was a time we pushed you in the creek in the winter. <laughs> right. There was, that was probably the closest we got. Well, but um, mind you, on the way to the pond, you could swim in the, the sewer hole that ran out in the field. <laughs> Since we had outdoor septic, just ran out in the field. It's always muddy here, Dad. Chomping around. <laughs> yeah, we so we spent a lot of time playing at the pond. Your, a lot of your buddies were there. More yours than I, as I got a little older, some of mine came over. But uh, I, the ones that come to mind, obviously, were Rhett and Brett, Mike Hutsey, Luke Hauser, Justin Hawk. All those guys were there. And that son of a bitch, Brett Elliott. Mm-hmm. You guys, I think I ruptured my spleen chasing you with the lawnmower and wagon. Do you happen to remember that one? Keep going. Well, so we had the 318 Hydrostat lawnmower. Oh, yeah. Is that the one you rolled in the ditch or is that the 332? I think it was 332. Yeah. But that 318 would accelerate and stop on a dime. And they would wait for me to get on and then they'd take off. And I was on the wagon, and then they'd stop, and then they'd take off for like a half mile at a time. And it, every time, it'd be like 10 feet at a time. Like, Guys, come on. Oh, good, they're stopping. Bam, right in the back of the wagon. <laughs> Do you remember this? It, all for an hour back to the house, and I get up there, and I'm crying. I'm like, well, whose fault was that? Well, 
Obviously. He's overly trusting this one. <laughs> yeah, surely they wouldn't do it 39 <laughs> times in a row. Oh, damn it. Like Homer Simpson. No. It stopped being funny at 12, but it came back around at 32. Millie's still doing it against Wookie. Like, how long do we keep this shit going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we'd spent a lot of time playing outdoors. Uh, what, what was some of your fondest memory, you and your buddies, going up out there and stuff you and your cronies used to do? Oh, like Rhett, we'd get the motorcycles out and cruise around the countryside, uh, and then more guys started getting bikes and stuff, so that was pretty fun to cruise You're around on those. 15, 16 then? Uh, a little bit younger. Remember, dirt bikes, yeah. Yeah, and then I remember, shit, I remember Grandpa teaching us to drive like 9, 10 years old, driving around out in the gravel, stuff like that you don't get to do in the city or, you know, most places that are civilized. <laughs> Right, <laughs> with laws. <laughs> with, with people who can. You just they... give us more pillows so we can so, see over the... putting around on the uh, dirt bikes, did you guys have a biker gang, and what was its name? Oh, shoot. No, we didn't get that far. Oh, man. No, we were in it for the women, but never found any. <laughs> there was, there so was, we gave it up. Not many on the gravel. <laughs> there was no women in the neighborhood. Uh, not in our age range. No. Well, there was. Uh, well, there was time I was learning how to drive the semi, and uh, what's Lisa's older sister's name? Oh, Leslie. Leslie was out for a walk, and she passed me walking four times while I was learning how to shift a semi. <laughs> she was, uh, you know, four or five years older, and you know, wanted to impress the cool older chick, and I didn't, uh, didn't, didn't do it. For dumping the clutch. <laughs> <laughs> she kept walking. We'll just say. You want to ride? <laughs> He'll just walk. It's faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See him on my next lap. <laughs> so uh, when you, uh, back in the White House, so I don't remember. Do you remember about how old that house was? God, I want to say we moved into, you know, when Mom and Dad built that nicer house, which was great. It was, say, like early 90s, I want to say. So yeah, probably, 88 or 89, right in there, 90. Yeah, so it would have been junior high. But uh, it... Do you remember how old it? Because it still had a stone foundation. It wasn't even a, a brick. Older. It was, it was stone and mortar where they'd put flat stones in it and mortared them together. Uh, but I, I don't remember how old it was. I don't know when it was built. Because I think it was vacant for like thirty or forty years before, or thirty years before my dad moved in. And they were using it as feed storage, and then they cleaned it out so they could move in there. Or was that my been Uncle Larry? I didn't know that. Uh, it might have been Uncle Larry because Grandpa was living in the new house where I live now. And then they were using that house as feed storage, and they cleaned it out so Larry and Kathy could move in there. I didn't from know feed that story. storage. Yep. And then after Larry and Kathy moved out, then Lowell and Deb moved in. Well, and then was it Fenders, and then Josh and Callie. Yeah. And then they had their. Uh, well, they'd been in Carson for a bit, but they had their girls there, and Josh being my business partner. Yep. And then I moved in there right after Josh and Callie did. Yep. That's where the company started. But yeah, that world headquarters. Seen some, seen some things. Yeah. So yeah. I got to ask uh, for the folks in Belgium, when you say feed storage, it's just bags of feed piled yeah. up ceiling to floor so, to ceiling? Yeah, in our family for, family farm, they had a lot of hogs and cattle at that time, and so they were just using that as a shed to store feed in. But, yeah, it was all stored full. of probably hay and feed and everything else. And, yeah, they it was just pretty much a barn, and they cleaned it out <laughs> so my uncle and his wife could move in back in the 70s, and then after that my dad and mom moved in there. Yeah, like I said, we didn't know any better. I I loved living, growing up out there, and uh, and we got lucky, uh, fortunate when mom and dad uh, were able to build a house where you live today or start yeah. that place, and uh, that was fun watching them build that place and moving in the house. I remember I hated to have to get a Macedonia phone number. 
Right. We were a quarter mile down the road. But yeah, I was going to say, that's not, you could the almost county line, the White House. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it only had two central furnace or two space heater furnaces, one in the kitchen and one in the living room, but then none of the bedrooms had any heat in them. And so, like, Dad's was right off and Cody's was right off. Mine was, you had to go through either bedroom to get to it. And it was colder than hell in there. I mean, stuff sounds, would, sounds like you, you lived in a closet. Yeah, it kind of sounds like you were an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> we can never use another bedroom. <laughs> Slip on them feed bags they haven't cleaned out yet. Oh, is, that, is that a baby or a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lock the door. They're <laughs> both feral. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a porch on each end, and neither one of them was heated either. Because, like, your washer and dryer would freeze up all the time. You had to leave the door mm-hmm. open to it. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty cold in there. But, yeah, it raised a lot of kids in that house. Yep. I mean, us and... JC and, JC and Paige and oh I can't remember Chelsea and her sister whatever yeah. yeah a lot of kids went through there yep the baby making factory then yeah and it had a storm cellar in the house because they added onto oh, the house man, over the storm nasty. cellar and so it had a regular flip up door like you'd see on these old school houses but it was in the back room and then just these dangerous stairs going down to this dungeon <laughs> with snakes and shit in it and it would back up with water and oh yeah so when you were in the uh, the storm shelter. For a storm, what was that like? I don't know if we ever went down there. I'd I'd have rather gotten a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) Take Take me now. Take me. me. Uh, What about some of the the activities in the barn you and your cronies used to get into? Yeah, Dad would get upset because you know we started out the BB guns and such, and then we, you know, graduated the four tens, and then finally we're bringing the twelve gauge out there. But we used to love to go out there and shoot whatever was floating around out there. One day a little comes out, and we I'd shot a bunch of holes in the roof of the barn with the 12-gauge chasing after pigeons. and I fixed them. You fixed those? Yeah, yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> years later. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of gunplay growing up, a lot of but, motorcycles, a lot of... There was a hay trolley from where they used to... Because these old barns, if those that don't know, they'd bring hay in the outside and then trolley mm-hmm. it into the middle and drop it so they can feed the animals all winter long. But I remember we... rigged West Barn? Well, both of them had it, but we would swing. You don't remember swinging around on that? I do. I'm, I'm coming back to me. But they had these giant old hemp ropes that were dry rot that probably wouldn't hold up a toddler. <laughs> and here we are, 15 years old, swinging around on them things. And <laughs> I remember one day they finally gave out. I can't remember who was on it, but we went flinging across the barn, land on the concrete. Good times. Yeah. No, it was. Uh... That was his first concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget your first. Never forget your first. Yeah. So we made it through uh, young in times. You're in uh, high school. Well, hold on. Just crushing so, ass. Oh, what what okay. about some uh, some elementary sports? What did you do for sports in those days? Yeah, I was a uh, I was a promising young athlete through about second grade. <laughs> all blue ribbons and then it just right. went to shit and you had a uh you went to 4-h too i believe did some 4-h and yeah uh showed some cattle i typically don't drop bombs like this on the air but i went through your 4-h box and there was a playboy in there back in 96 mm. uh i was is that the shannon tweed one I was astounded. <laughs> well, and it, this had been in there for 14 years. But uh, I remember, I said, oh, what's old Cody got going in his 4-H box? I'm snooping through his room. Holy shit. I think there might have been a video in there, too, that I tried to watch with it. Oh, it had Cato uh, Kalen in it. Do you remember that? Oh, that was a gift from uh, my first porn. was a gift from uh, Rhett Henderson. I remember that. Because it was before the OJ trial, obviously. 
And uh, you remember who Kato Kalin is? Yes, I remember Kato Kalin. I didn't and, know he did porn. Yeah, he's the kind of porn I like he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's the other guy's name? <laughs> but, yeah, I remember finding that in the 4-H box. I'm like, oh, pop this in. I was like, that's a, he's on the OJ trial. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the worst part about a VHS is that you know exactly where that dude stopped. <laughs> He's like, that well, was just feet. <laughs> just got passing credits. Well, yeah, and I, I knew that he didn't give me his unwatched stuff, right? You know yeah. that he was finished with his tape, and so I, but I, you just had to get, you had to fight you through some of that stuff. Right there. Yeah, you just had to fight through. And, I don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> It's all blurry right here where he always rewinds it. (laughs) (laughs) You ever ever run into one of those storage building auctions? I'm sure Cody probably has because he's an entrepreneur. He's looking for a deal. Jess always thought we should go to one, but we have enough clutter and crap in our house. But it would be fun to go to just see what you find. But if you don't have a retail outlet for it. Right. We went to one in uh, in Oakland because you know they're going to have some quality shit at that storage uh, yeah. facility. You know, gold there. Yeah. yeah, I bet Shiloh ten bucks that there was going to be a box of porn. Sure as shit, there was a trunk of it. Did you one buy those... the locker? I tried to, and she wouldn't let me. No, I was like, oh, you could look in there. Before yeah, they have everything pulled oh, out oh, so you okay. could see what was in there. And I was like, what's in this trunk? And I was like, whoa, that's a. It's a honeypot. <laughs> right. Nope, nothing in here, Shy. Let's go ahead and buy it just for shits. It's yeah. a good trunk. <laughs> I don't know what's inside. There's got to be nothing worse than garage sale porn. <laughs> Which well, might be the episode title. <laughs> garage sale porn. Well, so the weekend I met my wife, uh, well, I think it was the second time I'd been down to her place. Speaking of garage sale porn, <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, uh, one of used to Fred was one of her friends from down there, and so him and I were going out while she's at work, and so we're walking around town. We walk to get beer, and we see this garage sale. I say, "Hey, we're going to garage sale. You want anything? Oh yeah, give me some new underwear. Ha ha ha!" And she laughed. Well, I'll be damned. They had a whole bunch of fucking laundry at this garage sale. <laughs> And we found this nighty, and we get to looking at it, and we pick it up and hold it, and it obviously had not been washed, had oh. fucking crusties all up and down the crotch Ooh. of it. So we buy it. Oh, why wouldn't you? And then they had this old Coleman cooler. We buy that, and then like some vest with big fur on it, and bought that. And we had to keep the the nighty fresh in the cooler. Yeah. So we carry all that shit home wearing these outfits and like, where the hell did you guys go? So that's where my garage sale porn comes from. But I've never bought any porn at a garage sale. Just, just sex toys. Yeah, just just some lingerie. These, these anal beads are hardly used. Yeah, I can shake the fuck out of them. Wow. I thought our last episode was rough. Yeah, yeah we're only five minutes in. We're, here we are. Uh, so Peaking early. You were uh, doing some sports in elementary. Did some, if I remember right, you played soccer. Played a little soccer, yeah. Well, you played soccer pretty much all your high school or career, didn't you? Yeah, I liked a little soccer, yeah. Yeah. Did you do any other sports? Basketball? Yeah, when I was younger, did all the sports. Did a little baseball, a little football when I was younger, but as I got older, just just soccer. I think kids are getting away from that more nowadays because they want them to just concentrate on one sport year-round, and yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily like that. Yeah, I love to see them be, do good and be a champion at it, but also like to see them experience other things and... You never know what you're good at until you try. Right. I tried everything. Turns out, not good. (laughs) Still waiting. (laughs) I like to say I practiced football because I'd never got in a game. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, we went over that a little bit last week, too. <laughs> no, I was a hell of a freshman football player my junior and sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit, because Marv wouldn't let me and Brad play freshman football or junior year. No. We, we really angled for it, too. And he's like, you're no Cody. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Which is the one forced all these parts. <laughs> if I remember right... When you were a sophomore, junior, you probably what a buck forty, buck fifty. Oh yeah, after that. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say I don't remember you being real swole at no, those times. Real husky, no. Yeah, I I, I got like up, the man I am today. <laughs> I, I think I shot up to about a buck sixty, and then uh, then I lost about forty five pounds in a couple weeks there, mm-hmm. and then I went back down to. Uh, Is that when you were riding the short bus to school? Oh yeah. First oh, well, we got to get into that, don't we? Well, we've touched on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get, we got a, we got a different side of the story here. We'll get to yeah coming up. We, we can touch on that. So, but yeah, you're getting through school. Uh, a lot of FFA, right? Yep. A lot of FFA. We actually we've had a few of uh, old Roten's teachers on. You share a Roten memory for us, if you will. There's a lot of Roten students listening. Oh yeah, yeah. So my favorite FFA Roten story. I can't remember. It was one of the can when they were still doing. And they do nationals in Kansas City for a while. Oh, yeah. We were there the last year before we went to Kentucky. Okay. So, it was, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was nationals. I think we were at the Elms, which is funny enough where Susan and I ended up getting married. But we went down there before they redid it, and we stayed at the Elms one time. In Excelsior Springs? Yeah. Really? <clears throat> yeah, I think all the Kansas City ones were booked or something. But anyway, it was before they renovated it. But uh, I don't know if it was that look that year or not. But anyway, we were down there one year, and it was one of those hotels. It was nothing but FFA kids. And uh, <clears throat> we were all wrestling in our room with Brett and Rhett and Justin and all those guys. And uh, one of the other, and our room got a little wild, and one of the other uh, FFA teachers comes in. He's like, hey, hey, time out, time out. Settle down here. Where the hell is your guys' advisor? <clears throat> we all get up off the ground and Roten's at the bottom of the dog pile. <laughs> <laughs> he had instigated the wrestling match. He loved He's wrestling. Like, right here. <laughs> Yeah, but he was probably what thirty then, if that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what how, I don't, old, he, God, how I don't, old he was. I would guess because that'd have been what ninety six, two years. Yeah, ago. yeah, right in there. Ninety. Yeah, he couldn't have been that old. Six. And then there was. See, we had another one where we went to maybe the Royal or something. And uh, this says Red Henderson's going up like the fifth time. The racetrack. The and there a horse track called the Royal. Uh, there was a there's a cow show degenerate Red Royal. Yeah. We don't know the Ground Royal. I don't know if it was the Ground Royal or. I can't remember what it was. I might be the one in Denver, so what I know. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, we were up there. We were at a competition, and it was like, I want to say Tyler and Rhett, Brett and Justin and I, and Brett and Justin and I were in the pool <clears throat> in this hotel. Uh, we were all sitting there on our knees just talking. Well, Rhett and Tyler had snuck a bunch of booze down there in their suitcase, and they were in their room drinking. And uh, Rhett comes in on the second floor and sees us all in the pool. We didn't say a word. He comes running down the stairs Runs down, dives in the pool, not knowing we were on our knees. Oh. Boom, hits his head on the bottom of the pool, comes up, nose uh, bloody, blood running out in the pool. A lady's uh, sitting there in a chair, and she comes over, and she's like, I'm a nurse. She gets him down, she lays him on. She's like, we have to call an ambulance. We have to get someone here. We have to get this kid checked out. He can't move. 
And <laughs> so they bring an ambulance in. They put Rhett on a stretcher. They haul him in in just his swim trunks. And the whole time, Roten is just cussing this fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> Rhett was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But he's strapped down, had his head strapped, took him yeah. to the hospital. He had to load up all the dudes in the FFA band except Tyler. We all go to the hospital, and that piece is important because Rhett's sitting there in the hospital going, Tyler better not be back there drinking all my booze. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler drank all of the booze. <laughs> so he's in the hospital all night, gets back to the room, no booze. Dry campus. <laughs> Dry campus. It was, that was a good, uh, another good well, That's why Rhett got hurt. He was drunk when he got in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never. I didn't know that he was drunk when he got because we were talking about that. Oh, I don't know if he was drunk when he dove in or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't speak he, to that. He couldn't read the no diving sign. <laughs> he couldn't read the no diving <laughs> he sign. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you got any good rodent stories? Oh gosh, uh, most of my rodent stories were were like in class. Uh, I wasn't as involved in FFA as as you both were. I went on a snipe hunt once. I mm. did too, knowing full well that there's no such thing. Right. Uh, just to appease the the god. Uh, but we had a class called Ag Management. Oh, yeah. And I love that class. I think, uh, Cody, you were a, a legend at that point by the time Brad and I got into it. Uh, but everybody else is, is row crop farming. I don't know dick about that. Everybody else is raising cattle. I don't know anything about that. So I decided I'm going to start raising chickens. Mm-hmm. And I know a little bit about chickens. I had some out at Sturbergs yeah. when I lived with them. So I knew a little bit about them. Roten didn't know anything about them. So I could lie in that book. All I wanted, and he would believe it <laughs> as if. So he tried to screw me one time because we had it. We had a rotation. We had a big chicken operation, and every every three weeks another pot of chickens went out, and it was a million dollars every three weeks we were selling the chickens. It was pretty massive. Well, he said that uh, at one point the uh, big storm came through, and it blew over uh, the knocked out the power. So all of our chickens and the in the heat lamps and everything died like well shit i can't do anything about that so i said you know what we're off the grid now we built big old uh wind turbines and on our property (laughs) so it couldn't happen again next storm blows through 80 miles an hour wind your propeller spun so hard it it flew off it's like that can't happen roden he's like bullshit it can't (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) so i called the manufacturer because you had to have actual prices on everything so i called the manufacturer in class and i'm talking to them and i'm explaining what happened and they're like yep 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 on the phone they're like oh yeah that it would have knocked the whole thing down i go okay thank you very much and i hung up i said she said that it kicks it in neutral and it just spins freely it doesn't blow (laughs) 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 and after that uh that year no one else in the previous uh or uh following years were allowed to raise chickens in ag management. <laughs> so my, mine's kind of a two-part story. So our, our first one was ag management, and uh, I was partnered up with Drew, and we, we had a trucking company, and said, like, oh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll truck some stuff. And so Roden said, I got a six-row cotton picker I need hauled up oh, in Texas. No. I said, yeah, yeah, we'll haul that. And so I said, yep, go down here and pick it up. It'll pay you $2,000 bring it back to Iowa. Okay, so we can go to Texas. This is all. On in, in paper, books, you, log you write it down. There's not computers or anything. We're just writing it down. And uh, we get back and, oh, here's enough. We get a 
evict or a notice from the law that we just smuggled six immigrants up from Mexico. <laughs> Damn it! Got him. There's your six year old cotton picker, boys. Yeah. Now, did he do it the the last week of class that you guys could go to the casino? No, we didn't get that. Oh, we had the uh, we had the Highlander module. Where he was big into Highlander. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one. And so one day he brings two sticks into class. And he just kind of walks around, starts poking you with one of his sticks. <laughs> until finally he poked Luke too many times. And Luke picked up the other stick. And they went full on sword fight. Until until they tumbled over the top of a table onto the ground. <laughs> and then rode on the ground. Oh, more sword fighting! <laughs> Gets that breathing heavy, cracks about to do. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So. The, uh, did you go on the canoe trip? Uh, oh in yeah. Senior we year, were the originals of that. Uh, did you went on that with us? No, Hudson and Drew. No, I thought you were there with us. No, I think we started that, or we were the first group. I think. Wow. So uh, up Valentine was the river called. Nibrera. The Nibrera. So I, Drew and I were sharing a kayak. I think if Drew or John Hutsey, I can't remember which. And I was like, man, guys, I really got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, just go. I'm like, no, like number two. I'm like, no, oh, geez, you, there's nowhere to go. And I mean, the rocks are slick. You can't even get out of the river hardly. And so we, what do they call you, portage up on the side of the bank. Yep. We got the tip of the canoe up there. And I, uh, I dropped trowel and I'm, I'm leaning with my elbow on the canoe. <laughs> and I remember, this is really graphic. I apologize. Pause the radio for about 10 seconds. And my, my poo skidded off the side of the canoe and left a skid mark and then it floated down river until we couldn't see it anymore. Well, I'm better now. Did you catch up to it? No. We had, every time we'd stop, there's still a giant skid mark on the side of our canoe. Only if you had some substance that would wash it off. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. Well, yeah, but no one to scrub it. I remember one sleeve and a big skid mark. No. Anyway. Anyway, so we, we lost we lost track. It really went to Haywire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that was in high school, and also uh, something else I hadn't thought about. Uh, you were good friends with the Forest Exchange student high school, Fabio. Oh, Fabio! Uh, what you got any good stories of him about teaching about the American culture? Um, yeah, the only one that really stands out. We played soccer together. Um, he was the spearhead on why we got high school soccer. Yeah, yeah, he helped us kind of get that through to uh, yeah get our first high school program. Went to the school board meetings and such. Um, and a uh, really good dude. Yeah, the only thing I could really remember teaching about our culture is we we uh, backed my pickup into the road ditch and jerked a road sign out of the out of the intersection so we could take one of the road signs from the. I thought the chain would just grab the sign when it bent over and rip it off. Yeah, but it, it just ripped the whole pole out of the ground with the concrete <laughs> anchor and everything. So it was like twelve. Those fuckers are tall when you get down. Those yeah, right. So I throw in the back of the old S10, and then it's like. <laughs> Eight feet out the back of the roadside <laughs> on it and bust ass, haul ass back to the shop so we can torch the bolts out. And I'm like, well, here, here's your sign. <laughs> Try to smuggle that. Was, it a, cool, was it a cool sign or was it just like a. Just a road sign. Just, just a said, no passing. It was a stop no, sign. It was like 420. It was a street he lived on. Okay. It was his road sign, so we knew it was a street he lived on when he was over here. Yeah. It's like, all right, buddy, I'll get it for you. So, you know. It's, we, a, it's a weird carry on to get it. back to Brazil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got it at the craft shop. Yeah, so now he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, down from Sao Paulo. I was wanting to go visit him, but 
but uh, yeah, lost touch. It's been one I wish I'd have kept in contact with. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just reaching out to a fellow I knew from England to see if one of the buddies from our harvest crew from Australia, if he'd been in touch with him, and he couldn't find him. Turns out there's a uh, John McDougal was his name. If you're listening, John, love you. But uh, there's a lot of John McDougals in Australia. Evidently, it's quite a big place. A lot of, a lot of criminals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that reminds me of Australia. So tell us a little bit about Australia. You ever spend any time there? Yeah, yeah. I did a uh, study abroad down there. There's actually an Oakland guy that, that got me on to it. I'd always had an affinity for that place for some reason, just a place I wanted to go. And then uh, one day it was Jimmy Martins from Oakland was in the same fraternity I was, and he came in and he said he was going to uh, Australia for a semester abroad. I'm like, hell, I'm in. Let's do it. So I went and signed up, and uh, I get put in this uh, – um, they had three different places, housing places you could live. And I get put in this mix, mixed sex unit. There's a shared living room, kitchen, and then five rooms on either side, and then a shared bathroom on either side. And I had three gals on my end and another guy. And, uh, I remember old, you, you met Hannah a few times. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we met some really good, uh, people became really good friends for a long time down there. Well, what were you studying that got you across over there? Uh, broads. You yeah, study, studying study broads. broads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just an exchange class. There wasn't a particular curriculum I had to follow or anything. And the I thought it was Aborigine history. So I did uh, the courses I took. I took a, an international business course. I took an Aboriginal studies, and then I took uh, one on Australian history. You guys were talking about yeah, Australia being a, a penal colony, but <clears throat> there was a time, one of the modules in the class I took, I'll never forget, because it was like three weeks, and it was called Damned Horse. And <laughs> I'm like, this Australia is great. And that's just funny. I'll, I'll rewind it a bit, because uh, I'd never been into a major city before, um, before going to Australia, and we fly into Sydney. And uh, the first person I meet, I just walk up to a lady on the street to ask direction, because of pre-cell phones and such. I didn't know how to get around, and... This lady gives me very nice directions, and then I, I go back to my group, and they're like, you know, that was a hooker, right? I'm like, well, she was very nice. Very nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> really helpful. Very knowledgeable. <laughs> very knowledgeable regional geography. So uh, we get down to the class. We sign up for this Australian history and uh, this module on damned whores, and apparently the, the convicts would get out of line. And so their idea to calm them down was they would take the hookers that they arrested in London or Europe and then ship them over, and then they were there just to – to uh, take care of the convicts, to uh, keep them from being so rowdy. That's brilliant. Yeah, so you could imagine the... It probably uh, works really well. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure it was a great lift-me-up for the women. (laughs) 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 Really setting them up for success. Uh, I'm sorry, but in Australia, if you get out of line, couldn't they just send you into the bush? (laughs) Like, hey, you guys fuck around, we're going to send you into the tall shit, and everything here wants to kill you. So how long did it take the old-timers to figure out... Hey, boys, if you raise a little hell, they're going to get us all laid. <laughs> but the second time, hey, I'm seeing a pattern here, fellas. <laughs> I'm going to start a riot, and we're getting our dicks wet. <laughs> I suppose. But you would see like this. Our campus was like in the bush. And so there was literally stretches where you go several hundred yards. Don't say bush and stretch. Yeah. So that stretch. was in the 90s. You don't see that so much now. Yeah. And... Uh, you just walk through the bush for a long time, and then, man, there's like, oh, there's a brown snake there. I mean, like, these really, really venomous snakes all over the place. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it was, uh, that was not my favorite part, but it was a great, great experience. So what was the, what was the craziest thing you saw there? Besides the hooker you got directions from? Yeah, the hooker we got directions from. We, I just ran into a really good group 
of of people um and i and i travel around to different people's homes went to port Macquarie with a guy named croaky they all had funny like they it's just like the movies like i, I joined the surfers club and uh yeah i never surfed before still haven't and um didn't have to <laughs> didn't surf to be in the surf club the they, they were the biggest drinkers and so we went out and uh, to the bar one night. They're like, yeah, you don't really have to surf. You just have to come to our event. And they're just trying to get their numbers up. And it was like, well, here's the president of our club, Crokey, and then the vice president, Blokey, and then the third, you know, it was, <laughs> none of them had real names. And Wasn't that where they filmed Point Break? Yeah, Bell's Beach. Because is that where you went in school or when you well, went that's down that's where there? they said they were. They said they were in Bell's Beach, Australia. I don't okay. know if they filmed it there. But, yeah, it's down on the uh, side of Melbourne near the Great Ocean Road. God, I remember some story you told me about you guys rolling down a dune on the beach. Is there? Is there yeah, is so we just did all kinds of shit. Oh, that was a good one. There was uh, so a group of us got together. It was a couple of people from Clemson and myself and uh, another Iowa State guy and uh, some good friends. And we just bought these cheap bus tickets, and it was just a circuit up and down the coast of Australia, and you could just get on and off wherever you wanted. Whenever, and that was the ticket. We went all the way up to Cairns, is the Great Barrier Reef, and that was the end destination. And then there was uh, Fraser Island is what you're talking about, and it's a uh, it's a wind it's a uh, a sand island off the coast, and so we get to this town, and we're just you know twenty you know ten twenty year old college kids, and we're getting hammered in this. We had this outfitter like yeah we got your food we got your jeep we got everything set up we paid them and everything, and we get through the night and we're drinking at their bar and we keep saying like hey you're gonna have our gear like we're leaving six o'clock in the morning all this and I'm like yeah yeah it's fine it's fine. And then finally, like literally like one or two in the morning, one of the bartenders is like, dude, they've overbooked. You don't have a ride. You don't have food. You don't have anything. Like they're just, <laughs> fucking, like, they're just don't want to tell you. <laughs> oh, shit. So we keep drinking. Bar is closed. Let's think about this. Yeah. We need some more beer. Yeah, let's keep thinking about <laughs> it. We wake up super early the next morning. We start driving around town looking for something. And the only thing we can find, we find a used army surplus Jeep. And we buy like two loaves of bread and some peanut butter and a crate of water and head over across, you know, get on the ferry and head over to Fraser Island. How long do you plan on being gone? Uh, just one overnight. Okay. But there was eight of us, you know, it was like four four guys, four girls, something like that. Hamsey's on a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah. Hamsey's <laughs> <laughs> on the peanut butter <laughs> sandwich. tramp on this bitch? <laughs> oh, that was, I remember. On, so cookie. we only had, the one thing we had to do of fun, and we just literally just sitting on the beach at night. There's, you know, not much to do. I think we found some driftwood, maybe got a fire going. But I wasn't, uh, uh, I had never done weed or anything in the States. And you're sitting on a beach in Australia, and this guy gets out a, uh, I think they call them pipes, and he starts smoking, and I'm like, well, fuck, if you're going to do it, you just will do it on a beach in Australia. <laughs> and it was really the only thing we had of to fun that night, and it was dark, and I didn't know it. And so they give it to me, and I've never done it before, but I'm acting as if this is, you know, second nature. Anyway, I dump it all out. Completely on accident. <laughs> <laughs> all the weed is gone. And I just give it to the next person, and they're, they're going to light it. Like, this thing's cashed. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. I hit that hard. <laughs> Man, it was so good. <laughs> so there we were with no weed, no food. No <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, that was my contribution to the trip. No. Later on on that trip, we get, to, we get up to... Uh, cans where the great barrier reef and there's going to be a hurricane uh warning the next day and they cancel our boat ride and that's my last day so i'm not going to get a go to to can to out on the great barrier reef which was the whole point of the the trip um so they cancel that so we just we just go out and get get hammered and we run into this guy that makes me look tall 
And he turns out he's a horse jockey, and there was a local horse track, and we were at a strip joint, and he, the owner of the strip joint, liked to bet on the horses. And so he would give the the owner of the bar tips on the horses, and then he, when he would go to the strip joint, he'd give them as many girls as he wanted. Yeah. And he, he... He wasn't necessarily rigging the race, but he's giving them tips. He was giving them tips, letting yeah, them right. know what's going on. Rigging, I, I don't know. But he was... This one has a sore foot. This one... Yeah, yeah, okay. giving you know, stuff the stuff a gambler would want to know. Right. In return, he got he was had all the women he wanted there. So anyway, one night we're hanging out with him, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I like Americans. Let's party. I'll grab some girls. We'll head back to your place." And I remember I was pretty, you know, I'm just coming off the farm, literally, and it was me and one other guy from Iowa, and then the rest of the girls were back at the apartment. And they didn't go out that night. And I'm like, he goes to leave to get the girls. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think the girls will like us bringing back six strippers to their house at 3 in the morning on their vacation. So anyway, I felt like it was one night to have like a crazy wild real party. And uh, ended up uh, using better judgment and passing on on that event. But it's always that kind of one that got away from, uh, from the party perspective. That could have been something. What could have been? That could have been, uh, I might have, you know, four kids in Australia by now. If I, crikey. Crikey. <laughs> crikey. <laughs> so it could have been a good thing. Do you keep in touch with Crokey or them via Facebook or anything of that nature? Once in a while, I'll touch base with Crokey. I went back yeah. and did a motorcycle trip down there, you know, 10 years ago or something and, and saw Crokey and Joe, and my uh, roommate Joe and uh, Hannah. Nice. Ran into to several of them. Nice, good deal. Yeah, they were good, good folk. A lot of them came up to Iowa and visited too. Was, I, I remember some of those when uh, came when up. I was still in. I think I was in college at that time. That oh two or three in that range. Yep. But uh, well, good. So anything else via high school range we've missed, Frank? You think any questions on that? I can't think of anything. I think we covered her, boys. So we're uh, we're up to your college years. <laughs> I remember we'd go down to Big Earl's Gold Mine, and uh, me and a buddy are having a great time. And the rest of the group's like, we got to go. Like, that's enough. We're back. I'm like, ah, we're good. We're going to stay for another dance. They live out in the parking lot. And they're like, no, we're, we're leaving. Like, they ain't going to leave us, talkers. So we stay for one, two, three more dances. Yeah, but this is 30 minutes away from your school, right? Yeah, 40 minutes away from the yeah. room. It's about 2 in the morning. And uh, they finally shut the place down. We go out, and sons of bitches left us. <laughs> Just <laughs> <nerd>. like that. <laughs> the nerve. How dare they? So, again, pre-cell phones. So we go the... We're hanging out there trying to use a phone. The bouncers won't let us hang out. They figure some creepers. You went back in to yeah. the end of the dance, didn't you? Well, yeah. We just won't keep well, drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're here. And so... Uh, but they were closed. And they're like, you can't stand around here because they're protecting the girls. And so, like, oh, shit. So there's a gas station across the way. We go, like, well, who do we know? I'm like, well, my girlfriend is the only person I can think of. So we call her dorm room. She answers. I'm like, hey, she just got off work there. The just got, she just got off work. And hey, meet I, me up front. <laughs> I said, hey, we, uh, my buddy and I got left at a bar. Assholes, friends, you know, thought it'd be funny to leave us here. Could you come down and pick us up next to this bar in Des Moines? She's like, okay, I'll come get you. And uh, she gets her car, the dorm. It's a journey from where she's at to get down to her car and walk her car and everything, then drive to Des Moines at two in the morning. And then she gets down there, and we're waving at her because we're across the road in the gas station. She doesn't see us, and she pulls into the place and looks around, doesn't see us. I see her go up and look at the door. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> she looks in the door, and I say, oh. 
And then she gets in her car and she sees us. She comes over there and she's like, this isn't a bar. This is a titty bar. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you're here. So can we get a ride? <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't. Uh... Meantime, his buddy's washing glitter off his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do I smell like gloves? Baby soft. <laughs> That's awful specific, Brad. Good beer, though. <laughs> well, so you and I had a similar instance take effect. Do you remember that when we went to Boji? Uh, I remember you in Fremont. Nope. Yeah. Well, that's a different story, but the first one, so Jess is seven months pregnant, and Cody's not yet engaged. With She's seven months pregnant with who? Brooklyn. Mm. How old's Brooklyn? Nine. 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 Yeah, not, not engaged yet. So, but we're up in Okaboji, and uh, Cody and I, Jess is not feeling partying because she's fairly pregnant. And so, excuse me, we go out on the town, and it was Victory's, like, 20-year anniversary or something like that. And and so we're going to different bars, and we get to, like, the second bar. I'm like, oh, I'll get the cover charge. We get to the third or fourth bar, and Cody's like, oh, I'll get the cover charge. So we're standing around, he's like, I got it. And so we go in there, and I have bush light, and give him a bush light, and I look over to the corner, and the fucking whore's got her shirt off. I take a drink. I look to the other corner. I'm like, whore's got her shirt off over there. Cody, is this a titty bar? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, God damn it. I can't be going to a titty bar when my wife's home. Seven months pregnant, you son of a bitch. And so I set my beer down. And I said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell Jess because inevitably this motherfucker will ring it up in five years of Thanksgiving. Brad, remember that night at Bogey Nights when we were down there and all them dippers? And I knew damn well that's what would happen. And, she's like, and so I had to go home. I said, yeah, and then that sinner... <laughs> took me to that titty bar, and I, I swear to God, I did not know it was a titty bar until all the titties showed up. Yeah, two hours <laughs> then, later, you're like, this is wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a fish girl who put her titties in my face. This is... No. Drop the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I took one drink, and I left immediately. But yeah, I swear, I look around, like, why do these girls all got their shirts off? What a yeah, weird remember, thing to do on a yeah. Tuesday night. One of my favorite Brad Stripper stories, like, we were right out of college, and we, was, you guys were down in Fremont, Brett, and you guys called me, I was up in Blair. Was it you Lorraine? and Brett were living together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got some uh, stripper love at the time, and the ATM wasn't working at the strip joint, so you went across the road to the gas station, got more cash, and then you tipped the gal Work in the cash register at the gas station. Like, because I walked by her and got her ATM and then walked back out and gave her like 20 bucks. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorites. Well, because it was in construction, you bank on a rain day. It's like, oh, it's going to rain. 99% chance of rain tonight. Let's get drunk. It's Wednesday night. Wake up 4 o'clock the next morning. Oh, fuck, it's dry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just went to bed an hour and a half ago. Yeah, made for some long days, long days. So, yeah, so that gets you through your college years. Uh, what about you bought, remember the old Grand Am you bought from Mildred? Oh, yeah. So what happened? I never did get the real story on this. Grand Am, Padre Island, go. Grand Am, Padre Island. So we were, yeah, back in the fraternity, freshman year, we went down to, uh, like, I don't know. A dozen guys went down to South Padre for spring break. Grand Dam was super full. Grand Dam was super full. Yeah, two-door Grand Dam. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yep. 
I don't remember. Yep, silver. So <laughs> now I was like Eight maroon. Miles a gallon. Uh, maroon, silver, maybe. She's just, she's. I think it was just silver because Mildred never cleaned it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was gravel. It smelled dust. terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tough one. But I had just wrecked a truck and I didn't have much room to negotiate. So yeah, we so we load up three cars, four guys a car, and we're just ninety mile an hour down the interstate to to Texas, and. Uh, uh, Swifty, I think it was his name, was the guy in front of us, and all of a sudden, 91 hour down the interstate, middle of the night, and you just see him swerve, and I see a car had the, a young girl driving with her family, and she had hit an animal on the other side, crossed over the interstate, and hit the car in front of us head on. Oh. And then the lead car in our group was second, and they swerved when they hit, and we watched the bumper of the front car go over them, and he was super on it, and he swerved and got under it, and then we were we were blocked in on both sides, like everyone just spread out. And I just hit the brakes, and we just boop, and just tapped the last car in the yeah. accident. Um, we were very lucky, and everybody walked away. Even See, I never did on. know the whole story. Yeah, everyone. That was a it was a young girl. She was just scared to death. She just they. She I think it was like a goose or something that flew up and hit the windshield. A goose or a turkey. <clears throat> they said, and uh, yeah, she crossed the lane and head on, and I don't know how nobody got to. Probably a jive turkey. They're known for that. Jive turkey, jive yeah. Master. So, but yeah, it was a good uh, good trip after that. Oh, I was on the way down? That was on the way down, oh. yeah. Was there a place down there called Paradise? Maybe. Been and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying like Tropical Island Paradise. It was Parrot, the Bird, mm. Eyes. And it was it was a restaurant. I went down there for spring break when I was in college, and we go to this, this all-inclusive package. They, you just went to these different spots for dinner, so we go to Paradise, and inside of Parrot's Eyes, there was cages full of parrots. I mean, like giant cages full of parrots. What do they serve at Paradise, Brad? Chicken, fried chicken. <laughs> so you're sitting there eating fried chicken. While a parrot is looking at you. I'm my uncle. <laughs> and you're just, it was very awkward. And then it's spring break in South Padre. Impromptu wet t-shirt contest. Oh, yeah. Breaks out. So then you're I'm like. trying to eat. Yeah, so chicken and titties. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can manage with chicken and titties. Yeah. I'll find my way through it. Until the girl who was really amped up to win this impromptu wet t-shirt contest. Strips down butt naked. Starts pleasuring herself on stage. Yep. I'm like part of a winner. I'm still eating chicken. <laughs> Watching this girl go to town on herself. <laughs> it was the worst moment. I'm just like, why am I still eating? <laughs> That's where Frank got his first restaurant idea. Frank's chicken and a boner. <laughs> still gets hard every time he eats chicken. I can't eat chicken with it. Just rock hard. It's, and it was weird because that's the most clean bone I've ever had. (laughs) 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 Transition from that, Brad. uh, I went to Potter Island with my dad and got salt water in my eye back when I was seven. He said it was salt water. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Lowell. Got him. Damn it. Got me again. (laughs) Every year we go to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Never saw any water now that I think of it. No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Go keys. <laughs> I think they tore that place out. I didn't think they? they did. I don't know. I don't know. Sons of bitches. 
Cody's getting serious. The jacket's coming off. Yeah, it does Shit. get He's hot in here. that it gets hot in here. Yeah. Yeah. Pants are still on, though. For now. All right. For now. Uh, what what was your degree in? Uh, let's see. You had a double major, uh, ag business and economics. Okay, and then you proceeded right to Cargill after that, correct? Yeah, I got a job with Cargill. I started out in uh, uh, Sioux City and then kind of covered uh, kind of western Nebraska, South Dakota for them. And doing animal nutrition? Yeah, I worked uh, Yeah, I worked with uh, their dealer network, uh, supported some of their products. You were on the road quite a bit for that, weren't you? Yeah, I spent all the time on the road. We, you were living in the White House then, right? So we kind of lived in uh, Sioux City, Mulville, actually, just outside of. Uh, so I lived there for a while and then ended up, then I was just on the road so much, not in the office after I got through the initial training and then, yeah, moved uh, moved down to Carson, uh, Noni area. So when he was graduating his four year career, 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 good beer though, yep. uh, was about the time I was getting my associate's degree and I was up in South Dakota working on a harvest crew. You remember coming up oh, there to visit? Oh, that was a disaster. <laughs> so he was on the road selling feed. Uh, go ahead, you tell your version, then I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was only a year or two out of college, uh, I'd say maybe a year. So I was 19, you're 21. Yeah, so I'd say a year. And uh, yeah, my territory, were you in North Dakota? Were you in Minot? We're in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Fort Pierce. So I was like, I was close for me. We're blunt. Like, we're blunt. Yeah, it was a ways. Right around there. But yeah. And so I was within a few hours, but I hadn't seen you for a while. So I just, uh, on Friday, instead of coming home, I drove up to see you. Yeah. And uh, you were running the grain hopper then. And uh, we didn't work that late. That no, night. it got rained out. Is that what it was? Yeah. And so we went to the local bar in a small town. Blunt, South Dakota. And uh, it was happening. Like, it was packed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to work in the morning. I'm like, well, I don't. So I stayed in, in, and uh, kept a party going with some locals. The and, guy we were working for was in there is who we were hanging out with for our, that our contractors with. But go ahead. That's who it was. All right. Well, so I stayed up there with him, and you went back, and then I had that old red half ton. Yep. And the next thing I remember is waking up in the ditch kind of close to the trailer. Yep. <laughs> leaning on the steering wheel in drive. With the truck uh, running. With the truck running. <laughs> ready to go to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember very, yep, he's absolutely right. A guy a guy knocked on my bunk and he says, hey, Brad, wake up. We got to harvest the grain that feeds the world. Okay. I get up and I, I look over and Cody's not there in the spare bunk we had. And I look outside and he's in in the campsite next door in the ditch with his head on the steering wheel and the truck's still in gear. Good <laughs> things to do. Yeah, yeah. Getting it going. But yeah, that that was a good night. That was a good night. Yeah, what we I had a lot of fun. I yeah, I think I slept in the bunk of the sleeper of the truck that day while you worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so after you got out of college, uh, then you, you proceeded to start, you started the initial journey on your next corporation. What did you do then with your, your side gig when you were working for Cargill? Yeah, so I worked for, uh, for Wendell, the tree service growing up, and enjoyed that work. And uh, Listen to the family man or the bucket man. If you listen to the episodes, you'd know. Mm. Carry on. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, you were going back to the farm. wasn't room for for three families, which was just fu- worked just fine. Um, but needed to find something to do. So uh, corporate world wasn't for me. So I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. And I was working out in Denver for Cargill. 
and I found a $2,000 stump grinder in Minneapolis. And I had about $2,100 in the bank. And so I drove straight through from Denver overnight. Uh, called a buddy when I got to Des Moines, who was still in school in Ames. I said, hey, I got to go to Minneapolis, get this piece of equipment. You want to ride with me? I could use a break. He's like, yeah, no problem. You split gas. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got a $100 leeway here. So I drove all night from Denver. I get to Ames. I don't, I, I'm about 8 in the morning or something. I wake him up, pick him up. He gets in the truck. I'm like, oh, man, I've been driving all night. You wouldn't drive a few hours? He's like, oh, no, I just got an OWI. I don't have my license. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Called the wrong buddy. So I'm like, well, at least I got company. So he rides up there with me. We get up to Minneapolis, and I buy the biggest piece of shit stump grinder you've ever seen. And uh, hook it up to the machine. It's been sitting in a lot for years, rusted out. And uh, drive back to Ames, drop my buddy off. Just keep going all the way back to Omaha. So I went from Denver to Minneapolis to Omaha nonstop. And I get to Doney. I try to grind one stump at Grandma's place, yep. and uh, the stump grinder just bounces off the top of the grinder. <laughs> like, well, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work, but we'll get her shined up. She'll be working fine <laughs> by the time I got paying clients. So I'm like, all right, I'm dead. So now i got to go to Blair, where I was living at the time. And I drive past Three's Lounge, uh, North Omaha. some reason, I don't know why I took that route, but we did. And I'm cruising down the road, and I look beside me, and after Denver, Minneapolis, back to Omaha, uh, I look over, and the stump grinder is beside me on the road. <laughs> and it had come unhooked. The, the ball had come unscrewed from the hitch, and the stump grinder was beside me down the four lane. Those and, safety chains? Uh, the safety chains were hooked around the ball. There ah. was a loop around the ball, and when the ball came unscrewed, it came off the hitch yeah. instead of the hooks. So I hadn't even got it back to the shop yet, mind you. So anyway, this is a hand I was dealt. And uh, Stump Grinder's beside me, jumps the curb, hits a light pole, uh, takes out a transformer on the ground, rolls over, trashed. Can't can't drive it. It's too out of whack. Can't pull it anymore. Three drunks come running out of Three's Lounge Bar, roll it up on a small machine. They roll it up on its wheels. They're like, get out of here. Get. Go. <laughs> 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 I'm like, it's all right, boys. I haven't broken any laws. I'm, I'm good. And I'll come back and get her. So I call Brett, who was doing that 375. Yeah. Is that 375? What was the highway? 70? 36, maybe. 36, that big highway job. Bennington. Yeah. Yeah. He was working on that. It was a Sunday. He brings over the service truck, just picks the little grinder up, puts it in the back of the service, JC service rig. And then he takes it up to Blair and unloads it. And she was, she was totaled. And then I uh, called Wendell, because I remember he had a little 630B, I want to say, and uh, sitting in the trees out of Dewey's. Yep. And uh, Dad's like, well, Rod could probably help you. He's pretty handy. So I called Rod, I called Wendell. Wendell says, yeah, go ahead. You can have her. So I pulled that out of the woods at Dewey's, and we dragged mine back down to Max's, and Rod and I kind of Frankenstein a unit out of it. And yeah. C&H stump removal was up and running. That was our first uh, business venture. What was the H? Uh, our cousin Hillary. Okay. She uh, she was still at Iowa State, but she gave me a, she put in a little bit of money. I think she was like, I don't remember, five hundred bucks or something. And um, uh, we were partners for a little while, and then after about a year, she, um, bought her out of that monster, and uh, got her money back and. Um, 
just kind of kept going for a few years and then it got to where I couldn't manage Cargill and the stump grinding business any longer. And uh, so I'm going I'm to pause there. By he uh, means could manage both. It means every night and every weekend when he's home, he was grinding stumps. Christmas Eve, he's grinding stumps. Thanksgiving Day, he's grinding stumps. Hey, Brad, what'd you come do this with me? I'm like, oh, I got kinda, a fucking family. Oh, I kind of <laughs> got this. Like, yeah, but look, at, I'll give you like $47. This would be great. Yeah, it was long days. I would, uh, so yeah. I was traveling out in the, I'd be calving out in Nebraska, and then every night when I'd come home, I would, with anything, I got a map, and anything within an hour of Blair, I'd put on a map, and then I hit every single city within an hour of Blair, and I would drive every single street, and if they had a stump, I'd knock on their door, leave a card, and then I would do that every day of the week until I got $1,000 sold, and then as soon as I got $1,000 sold, that's my Saturday. Yep. So I'd sell all at night. And then Saturday, I'd put the stump grinder clothes on and go out and grind stumps all day Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Next week, sell another weekend. And then, yeah, that's how I got started. So you got you got started on the tree, and then you started just stumping for a while. Yeah. And then you transitioned it as trees. Do you remember the first tree job? Never forget your first tree job, the very first one. The, I remember you, the one you helped me with. That's the one yeah, I was talking that about. Was, <laughs> Yeah, you had some good lines that day. Yeah, because we only took down about a six-inch limb, and I thought you thought I tried to. <laughs> you were child slave. You acted like I was. No, the the one you're holding me off the yeah, ladies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the same one because you were climbing the tree, and it was hard work. And and if you don't know how to climb, it's really hard. And you were just and, learning. And I know. And you were exhausted. You were really exhausted. And I was like, oh, we got one more limb to cut. And you really worked hard to get it. <clears throat> and then we got you down out of that tree, and there was one more. But you're like, I bet we can get it with a long saw from the roof. Yeah. And so this 60-year-old lady's watching this professional tree service she hired to come out <laughs> and trim her tree. And I saw this as rented from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got one hand on her chimney and one hand on Brad's belt. And then Brad's hanging off the side of the roof with the saw. <laughs> with, the, with the pole saw. Was it an electric pole saw? Were you like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was a pole saw? Okay. Yeah, and uh, she said, "Like you guys, what was it? Like you done this before? You guys make it look so easy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> Grew up in the tree. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how we started the tree business. <laughs> Excuse me, because it grew from there. Because I remember, I don't remember the stump grinding business, but I remember ABS. Yeah, so we we had the stump business, and then. Uh, we hired Rod, and uh, then it got to where Rod and I couldn't keep up after work, and so then it was either quit Cargill or quit the stump business, so I quit Cargill. Well, no, I, I, I was at that point, and then Josh Cowson was talking to our dad, and Josh had a business idea, and he's like, well, Cody's been talking to me about an idea. I want you to connect. So my dad connected us, and we just sat down. We didn't have very many conversations, and then it was like, well, shit, let's, let's get it together. Let's get together on this. And we were going to work for the company, do work for the company Josh worked for, and then I was going to have the stump business. And then I still say the best business decision I ever made was that day of, I don't want to have mine and yours. Let's just put it all together and just just work right. as a partnership with everything. And so he bought into what little I had in the stump grinder and a pickup at the time. And then uh, he generated work for us. And so we started doing work for uh, PowerTech grinding stumps and then we started the tree company and then i managed the tree company where i had some more employees took over the the power tech type work and uh we had a few businesses from there right 
So I don't want to get too serious. And uh, just remembered, I forgot this other great story of you and your drunk college buddies. Oh, <laughs> because I yes. do love those. Yeah, those are good ones. <laughs> I do love those. Uh, so did you ever get kicked out of a bar on a bloody Sunday? Sure. Who ain't? Who ain't? Uh, near a trailer park. Yeah. All right, carry on. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to plant the seed and let go. it grow. I had uh, two buddies are up there on uh, engineering uh, internships for Polaris, and that was a year. They were engineers. So there was a five-year program, and I was done in four. Back at Boji? Uh, yeah, in Boji. Okay. And Where it all went down. Yeah, where it all ha- always happens in Boji. And, uh, God, was it the dry dock, I want to say, crossing the Ritz? And I was back home reading scripture, Center. Yeah, yeah. So we've been up, you know, out drinking the night before, and the next day I had to get back uh, to Blair for work on Monday. Sunday I was going to head back. We get up like, yeah, let's go have breakfast. And we get into the bar, and it was uh, the bartender and the waitress were both Iowa State, and it was their last weekend there before they had to go back to school. So everybody was kind of in a fucking mood, and um, we started giving the bartender shit for not mixing our drinks hard enough. And so eventually, instead of giving us screwdrivers, he just started coming over the table and pouring vodka in our glasses. Yeah. Got a little sloppy, and I remember being up at the bar, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'll take another round. And he's like, yeah, I think you boys have had enough. And he... And he's like, fuck this. He's like, easy, boys, you know, quieter down. He's like, if you can't cuss in a fucking bar, then where the fuck can you? <laughs> and the uh, guy just kind of looks at us, and we turn around, and it was just full of families who were there for Sunday <laughs> dinner. <laughs> we're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll escort ourselves out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. <laughs> and so we leave, and we're in a fun mood. And but yeah, we were being. It's nine o'clock on Sunday morning. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, why wouldn't we be? <laughs> so we head out. We're clearly done there, and we go to get in the car. And the owner comes out. And he's like, "Boys, you, you can't be driving." And I'm like, "Ah, forget this guy." And I start walking. And he goes to my buddies. He's like, "I was going to give you a ride." <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, let him go." <laughs> so I'm walking across the bridge, and they drive by me with the owner. Like, I'm like, "Oh shit." I don't know what trailer he lives in. So the trailer park's just right across the the bridge. I get over the trailer park and I'm like, I don't. They all look the same. So I I, uh, I walk into a trailer, walk into the trailer, and I'm standing in the living room, and this 60 year old lady comes out of her uh, bedroom talking to her son on the phone, and I'm like, Where's Linder? <laughs> She's like, You got the wrong trailer, son. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I'll I'll go find him, and I get back and uh, start walking through the trailer park and uh, find another trailer. I'm like, This is this is it for sure. Walk in. I said, oh, is Linder here? Same lady. Same trailer. <laughs> Walked in it twice. <laughs> she was on the phone with her son, who was a local police officer. <laughs> oh. So, I, I mean, I was super friendly drunk, but uh, you could imagine some stranger walking into your house. Yeah, yeah it's quite odd. So, Wait your pants off. Yeah, so she, <laughs> so I get back out, and I start walking around, and I find the guys they had passed out in the front lawn uh, of their trailer. So it was a super classy Sunday. And it's 10 a.m. at this point. 10 a.m. 10 a. at this <laughs> point. I've been walking around the trailer park. And uh, I decided to just... Apparently, they'd started wrestling and passed out, so I just laid down beside them, and we slept there a good while. And then a uh, cop pulled up, saw three. He's like, this is probably them. <laughs> That's profiling. <laughs> That's profiling. <laughs> he gets us into the trailer. And, and, uh, we Was agreed. it the lady's son? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice gentleman. Hey, mom uh, says escorts you're... us into the trailer. and uh, yeah, well, that, was that was pretty generous of him just to set you inside. And... Yeah. 
send you to yeah, bed. He yeah, been a real prick. He could have been yeah. a real dick about it. But yeah, that was uh, that was Bloody Sunday. We didn't drink again for many moons after that. <laughs> not together anyway. Yeah, not together. Yeah, no, we no, not together. Um, but yeah, I did do some good things growing up too. But you haven't brought any of those up. No, I didn't. Remember that those. orphanage? He helped. I did too. He was he was nice to that kid that was a foreigner. Mm. Okay. Well, Fabio. Yeah, yeah, where I ripped the sign out of the. No, I do love drunk college stories, but that's what college is for. You're supposed yeah. to get drunk and experience that shit. Oh, man, we're off on a good tangent on this one. We're getting some hard-hitting issues, so we're going to take a break, and we'll catch you next week on One More and We All Go.